Hello listeners, and welcome to Gotta Jabril, the podcast where two friends talk about two of our favorite things, fish and beer. I am the Lizza. And I'm the kid. And they announced fall tour. They announced fall tour. Which I just learned 29 seconds ago, 30 seconds ago. Yeah, I can't believe you missed (laughs) the boat on that one. I don't do any social media, so I don't really get any alerts or anything. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty hard work, too. You should do, like, a mailing list. They do that for people like you. Email Old list. people? Yeah. Technotards? Yeah, exactly. Cool. So when does it start? Um, It's from... They take a little break after uh, Labor Day, right? That's in uh, Colorado. That's a dicks, always. No, what are you talking End about? End of summer. So it doesn't start till October. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They take a little break after summer tour. Oh, uh, I mean, it's a fall tour. When, what's the first date? What's the first tour date? Just <laughs> ten Jesus. sixteen. I'm speaking to eleven three. Gotcha. So it's like all of October, and uh, it's like really just a lot of October, and then November, three days of November. Yeah, because Trey's doing solo stuff in December. They're all doing shit in December. Yeah. So th- so this is something that I'm saying, man. Like over like newer fish, they're playing less shows for tours. It's kind of annoying, but at the same time, you get like a lot of cool shit, like Vita Blue and shit. Yeah, and they're also playing at Hampton. Like they're playing at like really like yeah. monumentally like giant juggernaut venues. Yeah, so they kick off the tour in Albany, then uh, Hampton uh, Coliseum, and then Nashville, and then Nashville. I'd go Rose, to Nashville, Rosemont, Illinois, and then Las Vegas for Halloween. Ooh, they're doing a Halloween show. Yeah, that's in what I'm Vegas? saying. Yeah, Oof, Vegas is uh-oh. the 31st, and it's the first, second, and third of uh, November nice. to finish off the four day run in Vegas. Nice. Yeah. Cool, man. So, I guess I'll have to plan some trips for Vegas, baby. I always plan. I try to double over. I try to get two for one. I try to plan trips around fish and beer. So I'm always more inclined to go to cities that have good beer scenes. Um, and Vermont certainly is one of those. Yeah, Vegas is not. 
Yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, so I've never been to Vegas. I hear it's and, horrible. You know, it's really funny. I've I also until I got into fish had never been to Atlantic City. The it's, reason, it's horrible. That's definitely horrible. Re- I can confirm. Yeah, yeah the reason <laughs> I went to Atlantic City was to see fish. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen them twice in Atlantic City. Once at Boardwalk Hall, which is like the bottom level of MSG, only it's really small, and then at a uh, God Bader Field, which was a converted uh, airport. Yeah, yeah, airport. Yeah, it's an airport. Airport or air like landing base, like it was like yeah, it was like a place where planes once landed. Yeah, that got converted (laughs) into a field. Landing Um, strip. Yeah. So now I want to go to Vegas because it would be the only reason I'd ever go to Vegas is to see fish, and it'd still be funny because I don't gamble, I don't do any of that shit, so I'd just be going to see them. Yeah. What else would you do there? Nothing. I just hang it's, out. It's like the what I've heard is it's like the adult version of like Disneyland, or where like, like everything costs yeah a ton of money. Yeah, uh, the food is a horrible. I mean that's not true because there's like Momofuku chain just is opening up a place in Vegas. Like there's high end restaurants out there. Yeah. I always go for food, beer, or fish. And that's all gonna be there, just not in the proportions that you probably want them to be. But I I, I would I would definitely go. It's the only time I'm ever gonna go to Vegas. And I'm only like losing out on chances to keep doing that because I don't know how many other times they're going to do a Halloween in Vegas. So I feel like this is like a try to get it. If I do figure it out, you've if I never don't. seen fish for a Halloween show. I've seen them for a Halloween show once and they covered themselves. They played where was Fuego that? in Atlantic City. Oh, in Atlantic City. Yeah. Boardwalk Hall. Playing these trashy spots for Halloween. Yeah. Halloween in Vegas is probably crazy yeah it's like fucking a mardi gras trip. new orleans <laughs> yeah but i see like i i go to new orleans for jazz fest i don't go for mardi gras yeah it's exactly not my scene. uh yeah it's not my scene i w- here's what i would say i would try for the ticket if i get it i'll figure it out if i don't get Speaking it of which, i'm not gonna harp segueing perfectly into my next question when do tickets go on sale for these this tour oh uh, shit it's always Fuck like months and months and months and months in advance tickets are available <laughs> now <Tomorrow>. at <laughs> Ticketsfish.com through Tuesday, May 29th. Um, That's for the lottery, though. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to go in now. Till May 29th. That's like no time. It's It's never any time. They never give you time, man. Yeah. I'm getting less and less of like the, oh, God, I got to go. Like, I don't care now. Now I'm kind of just like, whatever. I'll find tickets somehow. Yeah. There's there's so many people that are just like, yeah, I have tickets for this. I have tickets for that. I don't even know if I'm going to use my tickets for some of the summer shows, but... (laughs) I want to. What yeah. is it? We got uh, Meriwether Post, which I, I, you know what it is for me right now? All the places I really want to go are venues that I know are legendary venues. Yeah. So I want to go to Meriwether Post. I want to go to the Hampton Coliseum. I want to go to these uh, places just because of the history of them playing there. And yeah, 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 sure. Like the hope of seeing something really cool. Yeah, I mean, and, and uh, you know why those venues are particularly cool is because they have the nostalgia for all the old fans, and then they have like all the just like history there for people like us who are newer fans yeah so they tend to do special stuff at these shows yeah like once in a lifetime things uh yeah i i would once say in like a it's, 400 it's, show it's, thing it's a guarantee <laughs> or completely new things i would go for halloween because i've never experienced that i've experienced the whole like gag for new year's run i've never experienced uh what it's like to see fish for Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't really speak to it either because when I did, they covered themselves. So 
it yeah, was a unique experience don't get me wrong i got to see uh all of fuego before it come out but at the same time i don't know i wish there was a gag yeah i mean i don't know i really like the halloween show too i that i saw on the for couch tour but i say that retrospectively i probably didn't like it as much during it as i thought i did mm. so anywho we definitely have to have a show on uh curveball prep curveball prep yeah we're a little far out from curveball it's not till not this show i said a show (laughs) (laughs) let's uh let's roll out some questions i I think you're i think you're saying that because we've started prepping for it like ourselves yeah like we've started doing what we. it's almost june dude uh yeah like summer is upon us it's what memorial day weekend coming up yeah fucking happening it's coming up i, I mean here's I, so again i think it's because we're starting to look at i i think the idea is that every time we do another festival we do it better than we did it before so we're already like looking into upgrading equipment and figuring out our layout a little better so that this time it's better than the last one yeah i also want to like talk to a bunch of people too and maybe use the cast as a platform to kind of get people to write in and give us suggestions yeah that'd be cool. i see a lot of cool things at shows but i'm already at the show yeah we should do so like if you could like share information before you get there i think it'd be cool yeah let's uh we'll hand out flyers and stuff i can print things in a printer yeah <laughs> you have access to a printer <laughs> all right questions so how do you tell your friends you could listen to Trey just talk about nothing for hours without sounding like a crazy person, Sam Rumack? I picked this question because um, when Trey did his solo tour, you were like crazy into it, and I was not. And that's what I really want to talk about. <laughs> I uh, I don't know how you don't like it. I d- I d- it's like blows I don't know my how mind. You do like it? <laughs> okay, well I. <laughs> For me, again, it all goes back to, like, I think that Trey at heart is a storyteller, and he's really good at telling stories. So when Fish plays a band, they never speak, almost never speak. When Trey plays solo, he, like, you know, peppers stories in everywhere. And he also, he's forced to do different versions of the Fish and Tab songs because he only has himself and a guitar. Is he a good storyteller, though? (laughs) I don't know. That that's this question is very relevant. I like Trey as a human. Like I think he's a cool dude, and I think he's a very interesting person. And he's got a lot of stories. That's just not he's run love. into a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like he's got a rich history, a life history. So I could probably hear him talk for a really long time and not get tired. I think you have automatic uh, ginger bias. No man, like um, I don't like watching a him by himself in the solo thing i can go on and on about why um it's a different experience than fish yeah and it's just i so many uh um it's perfect for me because he's still playing fish and tab songs so he's still playing songs that i know but it's like a completely different thing yeah. It's like going to see a band that was around for a long time and when you were young you saw them and you stood in, in like the mosh pit and you like, you know, waved your hands and then as you this get older the and they get older. Yeah, exactly. This is the unplugged storyteller version. It's more of like a like, you know, poetry slam rather yeah. than like a show. So this is VH one, like <laughs> yeah. behind the music where it's in between each song they fucking tell you how they wrote each song. Yeah, that's You don't like evolution. Yeah. You don't like musical evolution. <laughs> what are you talking about? You, you don't like when people's sound changes and evolves. N- it's not that at all. That's not true. 
Okay. That's not true. Uh, you can't like fish if you don't like sound evolution. You don't like fish now. I do. You're adamant <sighs> about that. I don't think. You shit all over everything. Oh, uh, and I think you kissed their butts. I feel like if all their taints were lined up in front of you, you'd <laughs> lick them in one felt swoop. <laughs> that is extremely graphic, <laughs> and I would not do that. Yeah, you Oof. would, man. The other day when we were talking about, you know, you have to find that one P song, and you're like, no, I don't have any P song. I love all, I'm like, ah. Oh. I was like, shut up. Totally have a P song. You're just mad <laughs> at, like, my unconditional love for things Because it's love. bullshit. It's blind it's love. Bullshit. It's, it's not. Bullshit. It's totally not, It's dude. bullshit. I was, like, walking down the street today in the rain thinking about how awesome it is when it rains and when it's warm out and how stoked I was for summer because we get to go see fish. How often do you listen to big black fairy creatures from Mars on your own? Oh, it never comes on. I like that song. It's very rare, so it doesn't come on that often. It's been played, like, 11 times in the past, like, decade. No. Okay. You can look it up. Yeah, let's look it up. All right, cool. But how often do you listen to that on your own? I don't, like, seek it out. Right. So you're saying only when it comes up. But not listening to something doesn't equal hatred. <laughs> I'm just saying like if, That's a very far if your unconditional love were true, you'd like tumble down a vortex of a rabbit hole where you just like listen to like everything fish and do all fish all the time. Okay. So I call I call my cat big flat big black so creature since, from Mars. So since I sing it every time I see him. Two thousand and nine when they came back. So since three point Big black furry creatures from Mars have been played 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 times. So you don't listen to it all the time because also the Did they play that at Baker's Dozen? They did play, uh, yes. I remember it was it in li- between Party it. Time and Dinner in a Movie. Party Time! Um, the time before that was in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Graham Civic Auditorium. I don't know where that is. Meriwether Post before that in 2015. MGM Grand So Vegas in 2014. Uh, Verizon Wireless Amphitheater in 2012. That's a very uh, so, like, Halloween song to play. We're pretty far back in time already. So that's what I'm saying. You, you, you know, none of these are like jump to either's. I was at uh, 1031 2010 Boardwalk Hall. That was the Halloween show. Nice. Where they so you themselves. got it then. Yeah, I've gotten – this is actually really funny. So this came up uh, on the Addicted to Fish uh, uh, site or the group on Facebook, and someone posted, like, that song that, like, everybody always freaks out about that you're kind of just like, meh. And I was like <laughs> – That's you for everything. And I said big, big black furry creatures from Mars. And this dude got really pissed off at me because he was like, what the fuck, man? You know how rare that song is? Songs <laughs> Since 2010, that song's been played 14 times. And I was like, yeah, and I've gotten like three of them, and I would have changed them out for a different song every time. <laughs> and I say that, and people like freak the fuck out. They're like, I'll spoil you. <laughs> I don't know. I think anybody that listens to people talk about fish thinks that we're very obsessive, but there's just a lot to talk about. Right, but... In terms of music and otherwise, so I think you can talk about fish for a long... I mean, hell, we have a podcast on fish, so... Yeah, but I'm uh, I'm saying, like, your altruistic ideology of, like, I love everything they do and everything that happens with them all the time is... Um, that's all I'm saying is bullshit. There's things Great. that you hate. There's things you... Agree or disagree. Well's vagina. Next question. <laughs> God. Thank you. What was his name? Kent. 
Uh, Sam <laughs> Rumac. So bad with names. Romac? Rumac? Womack? Uh, not responsible for butchering names. Lost a very close, longtime family friend yesterday. What's your go-to fish song when you need to pick yourself up? Having a hard time with this one, and none of my go-to tunes are helping. This is from Fred Colombe. Colombe. C-O-U-L-O-M-B-E. Colombe. What were the answers to this question? Uh, they were all over the place. People just, you know. I wonder what his answers were. I mean, listening to any song is not going to help your pain of losing somebody. Uh, music can, you know, can help cope with grief for sure. It's like music therapy. I don't believe in that. Music therapy? No. Why not? I mean, I believe in it. I believe it exists. I don't believe in people getting money to do that. Why? They're called musicians. I don't uh, believe in the therapist. I, I knew get a bass player. Play them. I knew a bass player that was a musical therapist, and he was a counselor in a school. In a, in a school, right? So doesn't yeah, that heavily heavily rely on teaching kids how to play the instruments? Uh, yeah, it's part of it. Something else to focus on. Yeah, it's part of it. Um, I, but a lot of the times, those techniques are used for people who have a hard time connecting with another individual. So they're like huh. sexually abused or sure. have sure, like sure. post traumatic, but like are young kids. Sure. So it's like. It's a it's a technique using art to kind of speak for them instead of their own voice, which they have a hard time expressing themselves. So that's what art therapy is too. It's a different way. Art therapy is for a lot of like domestic violence and sexual abuse for women. Um, you know, it's a safe place that can communicate how they feel inside, and they can use their body or their voice. It's sure. just you know, music, you know, tactile things. It's different. What what know. song would it be for you? Um. If I had to play a song that was going to pick somebody up, it would probably be Runaway Jim. Uh, Why? <laughs> this is actually really... It's like such a goofy song. Yeah. So, and it, it's got a really, really awesome, slow, natural build to the song. And like the uh, it's just a fun, goofy song. It just makes me like happy. And the reason why is because I think of being at a uh, festival at Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. my first festival and i was parked on one of the turns on the racetrack but the runaway gym the marathon was happening on that saturday so it was after everybody drove up on friday pitched their tents got fucking wasted on drugs and then on saturday if you wanted to participate in the 5k you had to wake up early in the morning and go and run around the racetrack so <laughs> as people are like going to make the very first hard left of this turn is like where I was standing and watching everyone. So people are still drunk and wasted and fucked up and people are like falling over and they're in like fishman capes and like these crazy like Halloween costumes and shit. And it was like some people were like actually running it and like way out in front. It was just really crazy. And it just made me laugh my face off. And that's like the happiest so that's a, like moment. a happy fish memory. For yeah. You. It would evoke happiness. Yeah, yeah. It's quote, like one quote, of the quote. happiest I've ever... And like just was crying laughing because it was just so funny. Cool. Yeah. Mine would probably be Walls of the Cave. I think that's a very beautiful what? song. What? And it's about like things ending and evolving and trees becoming... What? Mountains of dirt becoming hills. and It's a very like uh, otherworldly everyone is uh, belong I, to the Zen circle <laughs> song. I heard you right. You said Walls of the Cave, which yeah. is like super like melancholy, like somber. Some, like, it's it's not melancholy. Like, what the fuck? It's like, actually fuck? not. And the end has a very like rockin' pickup. No way. 
Yes, why? No way. I'm playing this song right now. Yeah. I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to find it. This is one of my favorite fish songs of all time. I just can't. It's like super slow. It takes like forever to get going. It's like super sad. It's not sad. Listen to the lyrics. You don't do that. Oh, come on. All right. So my friend just died and I turned this on and yeah, I'm like. Yeah, right. Okay. So this is how you feel when you start listening to the song. Keep this in mind, listeners. This is how you feel. Boom, boom, boom. And then just let's cut to the end of the song. Dude, cut to I'm, like three minutes out. I was going to say, I'm, like I'm 30 seconds out. If I, my friend just died and I have to listen to 30 seconds of that, we're at 44 seconds so far. Mm -hmm. Like, no way. I'd be like, get me out of here. Uh. So you're literally marching him to his death because he doesn't want to be here anymore because his friend just died. This is a terrible pick. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this song makes me happy. Runaway Jim's a dumb answer for anybody but you. So oh, it's, every, it's, a, it's come completely on. subjective. It's just a very okay. subjective question. I will give you that, but this is just a really odd, interesting pick to me. I don't know. I'm rolling this out. <laughs> Listen to it at the break if you want, but sounds great. You know, it's really funny they share a couple similar chord progressions just now. The two songs, mm. anyway. Interesting. Um, I would just go outside, try to get some <laughs> sunshine, take a vacation. I don't know, fish finds you, man. I was. I, that's why I like this the the question because. You and I uh, listen to a like very unhealthy proportion of fish compared to like other music. Yeah, that's like pretty much recent, all I listen to. Of recent, yeah, and we both <laughs> like sad. other music, but like for yeah, some, I like but, a lot of music. Yeah, so it's 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 interesting to me to think about emotional states of listening to fish because that's just not something that I do because I just listen to fish as like you know when I'm in the subway music or like when I'm at work and like doing something that like I can put headphones on to like it's just my default background music. Yeah. So it's like I don't really think about emotional states when I listen to fish. Um, yeah. I can just, like you said, think of emotional states that I've been in at fish shows and what songs we're playing and what kind of like linked me to that. And right, I think right, that's, right. that's so you put yourself in that place. Yeah. That yeah. Mindset. And I, I mean, I can tell you that like I've been like super like fucked up and not in a good place. So like I can think of like bad emotional states where a song is playing and <laughs> I can think of ones where I really had to pee. Like, I don't know. I can just think of these like moments where I'm just like, ah. So I guess when someone's asking me uh, how to feel better, it's like I you know, thought, thought of the antithesis, the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Like if someone told me really frustrated, I'd be like standing on the fucking line at a show for a porta potty that I know is full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. <laughs> yeah. Meat stick. Magnavall is good bad one. for that shit. Yeah. Meat stick's goofy. You could dance to it. Do yeah. the mag Macarena. I, if, I thought if you were like super nostalgic, like if you were like crazy into like religion and shit, yeah. you do like fly famous mockingbird. Yeah. Because that's like taking off and flying to the great beyond to go get yeah. the help friendly. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, who knows? Who knows? It's subjective, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, it's subjective. <laughs> listen, if, it, if you're depressed, listen to something happy. 
<laughs> if you want to wallow in that and like embrace it. A lot of Fisher songs are about like, you know, you becoming like, at, like tears are part of you. And like, it's a very like visceral, like everything is one and energy is together in nature. And all of us are all just, you know what I mean? Like, it's a very like, a lot of fish songs it's are pretty like hippie. that. That's why it gets the hippie yeah, uh, but thing to it. It's nice I to mean, think of. The, the greatest, the greatest <laughs> like bunch of words, I think that sum up fish in their entire career, writing, music, like ideologies, uh, surrender to the flow. Yeah, zen, man. Just be zen. Yeah. Be fish. It's that game hen shit. Henge. <laughs> All right, I All hope right. we helped you. Uh, Guy. Next question. E4J. Um, so my fiance is bugging me to decide on a fish-inspired name for our, our groom's drink at our wedding. Oh, it's just the name. I thought you meant the drink. The drink is a Jack and Coke, but Ugh. she wants to have a unique a name, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the point is to name. A, uh, I don't want to name his wedding drink. I just want to choose a fish-inspired. This question went downhill real fast because <laughs> I thought it was a question like posing me to make a cool As a cocktail. Bartender? Yeah, yeah. Like that is representative of fish. Would you use gin? No. Go for the fucking. I said mezcal for cactus. For Mike, for a cactus. I'd use mezcal as the liquor. Okay. That's why I said use some kind of ginger, candied ginger, crystallized ginger for fish. Or for tray. Or for, for tray. tray. Yeah. Fish. So you like you like boiled them down to their ingredients. Yeah, what would you yeah, do for fish? Yeah, I don't know. I would I would do Tartar ingredients. Sauce. <laughs> I would do ingredients that are representative of like what the, the individuals evoke. Okay, I didn't do it. Like I actually that don't. At all, I don't yeah. know anything about the individual people in this band, which is really ironic. I don't know like what they like to eat, what they don't like to eat. If they're vegetarians, I don't know. You could also do that play off kind of like what their favorite things are. Yeah, a Jack and know. Coke's not a drink. I'm sorry, whoever you are, fish it's thing. It's a build up drink. It's like something fish quick guy. that the guy at the wedding can yeah, make. Yeah, but when you have a wedding cocktail, it's usually like things that you cr- you invent and create, and it's like the signature cocktail for your wedding. No way. Like my, I know people who had a wedding and they just renamed a Blue Hurricane something else that was topical to the wedding. Like, well, you can do that. that is lame. <laughs> but on the subject of fish weddings. They're yeah. cool and they're fun. And I read a ton of articles about them and cool things that people did, including throwing glow sticks instead of rice <laughs> and using your ticket stubs as like uh, place cards or like table cards. There's oh, a lot okay. of cool stuff you can do. Work fish into your wedding in many ways. Just don't call Jack and Coke anything fish related because I think that's no, come on. not good enough. He, they want to just name two cocktails. I think the, the, the point was is that there's she's a widespread panic, I think. Widespread yeah, I don't panic. know them. Uh, fan, so like his half gets to be fish, hers gets to be widespread panic, and her cocktail is widespread panic themed. Oh, so it's like you just—it's again just something quirky that people do to be funny. I—I I, I was thinking like names. I was thinking of um. Uh, I wanted to do something with the play on like Harry Hood, because Hood is like milk. You do like yeah. a White Russian. Yeah. But I couldn't think of any. I'm not witty enough to think of funny names. But that's where my bartendingness goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. A hood. Yeah. Just call it a hood. <laughs> okay. And the heavy cream would sit on top like the hood of a car. Oh, man, you're reaching real far. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> 
I think any, I think you can call. Yeah, I just think that anybody (laughs) can call anything anything and say there's some (laughs) the reason why allusion to why. You know, you have to make it obvious without making it like cheesy. I think. Yeah, but we're not. You're not trying to reinvent the wheel here and like create a (laughs) unique special fucking cocktail. It's for a fucking wedding. People are just gonna like coming in to a free bar, getting drunk, and getting out. Like. Yeah. Not going to be like, yo, can you tell me how to make that fucking cactus that fucking the Lizzo said on that podcast? Which uses mezcal. Like, someone might, I guess. Yeah, I think it'd be cool, man. What's Paige's nickname? That's extra level. I just call him Paige McConnell. Paige McConnell. Leo, play it, Leo. Why does he call him Leo? Oh. Mike's nickname is Cactus. Fish has a ton of nicknames. And Trey, I don't think, has a nickname. (laughs) <laughs> He's ginger, so he just gets associated, associatively asso- drawn. Do you think to because he's ginger. a ginger, uh, and uh, as as you are a ginger as well, you can let me know if this is true. Would you say that gingers, on average, get asked to have their cheeks pinched more than a regular human being? Why? Because you guys are so cute. <laughs> Pinchy cheeks. I love. I you guys have, I you guys have fair skin. You can't go outside. You got to stay under an umbrella, and you got you know red hair. <laughs> sure. There's a there's a we're convention unique. for you in Scot- Scotland. Yeah, we're unique. I just picture someone going to that Scotland convention and just going around pinching people's cheeks. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Some people think redheads are freaks and ugly. Yeah, the, like it's all, again, you all guys are supposed to be witches and some lore. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why Trey's so good at guitar. It's Maybe like, instead of his, instead of like scraping a cauldron, he's <laughs> ripping a I don't know, guitar. I don't know. Anyway, I'm gonna play your stupid freaking song for the stupid freaking break. But no more I, questions. I don't. We're done. I don't. Yeah, yeah. We gotta gotta keep it moving. All right. Well, anywho, I, this question has inspired me to actually come up with my own cocktail and to name it a fish-related thing. Okay. And cool. Then, um, Can we try it? Show, yeah. On the next show, I actually will tell people how to make it. Oh we'll shit! Be creative. Did this just become a competition? Yeah. You want to make it a challenge? Um. Neither of us right now came up with anything good, so I feel like we have to take this. <laughs> take well, some time. You got think confused. About it's it, supposed to back. be. It was supposed to be the name of a cocktail. Yeah, it's stupid. Let's, <laughs> we're, I'm taking it one step further. We're going. <laughs> yeah, we're going. going into, we're going better with it. I was gonna say you're going hard on this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. All right, we'll do it because you're super into making cocktails. Yeah, I do like cocktails, and I'm I'm getting into it these days. Okay, because I'm getting tired of drinking beer, <laughs> which we'll have some on our next segment. <laughs> uh, beer school for you next is going to be the difference between wheat beer and a German Hefeweizen. Sweet. So we'll talk about that after the break, and you're gonna play Walls of the Cave. Yeah, your stupid stupid song, Runaway Jim's better. You heard okay. it here. <laughs> Enjoy your Jack and Coke. Happy <laughs> wedding. Throw some glow sticks. See you Sorry after this. Sorry for your friend. <laughs> and what was the first question? Don't remember. And we're out. <laughs> See you after this short 15-minute break. Uh. <laughs>
Welcome back to Gotta Debrew. I'm Eliza. I'm the kid. And we're going to be talking about... Beer? Beer. In this fish? half of the show. We already talked about fish. Oh. I feel like we didn't talk that much about fish, so... Yeah, they can all be... Fish hits. Yeah. Just like the ones you hate. As long as you hate a fish. Yeah. No undying devotion and love. I'm really excited for uh, for this beer talk, though. Cool. Okay, yeah. So, um, just to kind of... Uh, I, I found my niche, I think. Last week, we did like kind of f- a flavor exploration in terms of style, and now I kind of want to just show you um, the differences in similar styles. Uh-huh. So, we are doing the comparison between a German wheat beer... Or a Hefeweizen, which is what this guy is, Francis Connor Weiss beer. And then we have a Hoogarden, which is the quintessential Belgian wit beer. Okay. 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 So uh, German wheat beers are, it's a very big category. There are all different types. There's Weissen, Dunkelweissen, Weissenbach, Berliner Weisses even fall into that category. But today we're just going to look at the basic German wheat beer. A German Hefeweizen. Correct. So other than the main differences, uh, obviously the Franzis Connor coming from Germany and Hugarden coming from Belgium. Is there anything right out the gate uh, that you know <laughs> stylistically how these are different? Um, no. <laughs> okay. I don't want to pull anything out well, of my ass. No. They're both they're both wheat beers. <laughs> Okay. Right? So they're both sort of similar styles. You can expect okay. the same things. Uh, low on the SRM, kind of modest on ABV, modest on bitterness, et cetera, et cetera. They have similar kind of qualities to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they both have wheat. Got it. Cool. So I want to first try the German wheat beer. This okay. Franz's Kano. Crack that baby. Okay. So they're both wheat beers. So both are, are beers. I, I wonder is Questions is the Weiss, Weiser beer or the Hefeweizen is southern part of Bavaria. Bavaria is the southern part of Germany. Correct. So this is closer to like south. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Let me just look at a map. I'm trying to pull shit up my ass. I'm really bad with geography, so um, I'm not going to. Um, I do know um, Bavaria. There's like uh, uh, I was talking to a guy who's from Germany, and he was saying that like northern Germany and southern Germany are like two different places culturally within the country. Correct. So like southern Germany is like where all like stupid people drink beer, according to him, and then northern Germany was like where like a lot of like more craft and like um, cooler shit in Germany is going on beer wise. which is funny because I've only ever been to Mu- Munich, which is in Bavaria, um, the Bavarian part of Germany. So I don't know if what he's saying is true. But um, dum, dum, yeah. Dum. So the style was first made in the 1400s, uh, and it is a Bavarian Weissen. Yeah. So there's different kinds though. There's Hefeweizens, Bavarian Weissens, Christelweizen, Dunkelweizen, Weissenbach, and Berliner Weiss, and they're all because they're different styles because they originate in different parts of Germany. 
Yeah, I mean, when you get from Frankfurt and South, like you're you're really so close to it, France yeah. and Belgium. So is that where Bavaria is? Bavaria is like the whole southern. It's like from Frankfurt down. So that's like down over by Luxembourg, um, Nuremberg. Munich is like way on the southern tip, closer to Austria. But like Frankfurt right. is really close to Belgium. Right. Okay. So I mean, obviously, the fact that this style, this Bavarian Weissen, is even like you know light in color smells like weed it's, it's very similar to as belgian influences yeah is what you're that's trying what, that's say. where i'm going yeah yes. that's where i'm going cool this is like german as, as funky as germans will get is what i would imagine so that's actually what i want to touch upon with these two beers in terms of wheat beers for germans um basically the thing that defines this beer stylistically is the yeast the yeast and the fermentation temperature and the way that it's treated during fermentation. Okay. That's what defines a German wheat beer for the style. Okay. Uh, that is compared to a Belgian wheat beer, which is essentially all about the adjunct. Okay. Uh. <laughs> so for a Belgian wheat beer to be a wheat beer, it's got to be 50% unmalted wheat that's used for the grist. And anything that is unmalted when you use it when you're brewing is considered an adjunct. So for a Belgian beer to be a true Belgian, it has to be 50% unmalted wheat. That's a defining characteristic of a Belgian wit. Okay. Okay. So a German a German beer is still using the Reusen. Was it Reusenbach? What's the name of the rule? The Reinheitsgebot. Reinheitsgebot. They use malted wheat. Right, so they're still Reinheitsgebolting. Correct. Because it's it's milled. Correct. Huh. Okay. So, in a Belgian style, if that's fifty percent of the grape, but that sounds like it has a very large potential to get a little funky. They have to go through a big, massive protein rest when yeah. they make a Belgian, uh, because they're using fifty percent of the grist made of unmalted wheat, and then sometimes they even actually use oats and rice as well. I mean, I think about what we were talking about last episode, right? About how, I mean, wheat beer, a wheat beer, Belgian wheat beer, falls into the farmhouse sale category. There's the wheat beer, the Saison, and the beer de garde. And we talked about Saison and beer de garde last week. And those beers were largely made using sort of uh, cultivated crops that pe- that farmers were growing. So they had right. wheats, oats, rye, things, things of that nature. Whatever they had in France... Stupid France. 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 The France, which is also really close to Germany and Belgium. France Correct. is France is like the the last uh, big country that makes up Europe before you get to the Iberian Peninsula, which is where Spain and Portugal are. Right. Um, and then Germany is the next big com- uh, country to its right. Um, and then Belgium's sandwiched in between the two of them. So is the Netherlands for the geographically unsound people. <laughs> I think that matters a ton, and I've been having this conversation with um, with people a lot recently when I'm talking about beer. Um, I think geographically and historically, beer travels slower. Um, it's just harder for it to like embed itself into like it's it's just a slower process for it to embed itself into culture and like drinking styles and habits and shit like that. So. What's what do you, interesting? Um, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so what's interesting <laughs> is that like so now that uh we have styles here that are starting to bounce back. We talked about that with J3PO in an episode about how like there's a wave of of styles that got handed back over to Europe and they're starting to play with stuff that we make is that 
they still like very much have a fingerprint of like their country or their like geographic like origins. Sure. So it's like, sure. uh, it's an easier way to say it. I would expect French beer, um, if the culture was still there, to still be like pretty like farmhouse ale and like sours and like closer to like champagne, just because that's what they're doing <laughs> all sure. the time over there. Whereas like in Germany, because they have the Rhine 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 row 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 your boat. Rhine Rhine boat. Um, they can't do certain things. So, like, if a New England IPA style ends up making its way back over to Germany, they'll have to augment it in order to fill those rules. And no, I mean because there's a whole uh generation of young brewers who are going against that <laughs> in Germany. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what is this supposed to taste like? Because this is a very poor example. I was actually looking at it. So this is a Franz, this Connor Weiss beer. It's actually from Munich. So this yeah. is not really serving our purposes. The true example of a German wheat beer I wanted you to taste was the Weinstefan. Their wheat beer, their Hefeweizen. Okay. Um, and the defining flavor of a German wheat beer compared to a Belgian wheat beer is it's very heavy on the banana. Yeah, I don't get any banana in this right. beer. Right, that's why I said I don't think this is a very good example. Yeah, I was going to really say... I really wanted to give you the one-two punch here. Yeah. So, let's give some this backstory. This tastes closer to a lager to me, though. Let's let's get on the backstory of, of why we're doing this, because I think it's really funny. Um, why are we tasting these two beers? Uh, Because every time we're out in public and we have a Belgian beer, you say it tastes like bananas and you embarrass me. <laughs> It's a very short way to say it. <laughs> you say that every wheat beer tastes like bananas, yep. and that's completely and totally wrong. I think they the ba- the banana uh, flavor you get is exclusive, almost exclusive to a German wheat beer, which is funny. That comes from the yeast, and this is why I think I made you tell the backstory because. I don't get any banana on this beer. <laughs> well, this is not a good choice. I'm sorry. I should have brought the wine, Stefan. But you just said it should be exclusively to German Hefeweizens, and we're drinking one how right would now. You, how would you describe this it beer, It actually then? tastes closer to what I think you're going to with the Belgian wheat beer. I think it's it's it tastes a little... Um, so clove and banana are the clove, two that yeah. are dropped clove. all the time clove, when yeah. you're talking about wheat beer. Yeah, this tastes like the thing that you stick in a ham. Cloves. Correct. Right, but that's typical still of a German Weiss. It's very highly carbonated. It's very much like a lager to me in terms of that department and like the mouthfeel and stuff. And it's uh, it's pretty clovey. That's how I would describe it. Yeah, I mean, and you also, I mean, okay. It tastes like you t- put cloves into seltzer water and then gave it to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, this, again, is not the best example, but it is ver- radically different from a Belgian wheat beer. Okay. Okay. Belgians, since the beginning of time, are, honestly, they're like, you know, opposites. They're like butting heads, right? Yeah, yeah. German, we've talked about the Reinheitsgebot. They limit to they limit their beer to four ingredients. One, two, three, four, the core four. Belgian Belgians are the exact opposite. Belgians have and will and continue to, to throw anything and everything into their beer. Would would they put peaches and cream in their beer? Sure. <laughs> they they've been br- they've brewed with Brussels sprouts. They've brewed with Crazy. blueberries. They've brewed with anything. Awesome. Anything you can think of. Right. So, uh 
typical to a Belgian wheat, besides the, the grist, the, the unmalted wheat, um, you can typically find added spicing in a Belgian wit. And that includes coriander, coriander bitter orange peel, and occasionally grains of paradise. Grains of paradise? What the fuck is that? It's a spice. Okay. Spice. It's like spicy, slightly Who the tropical. Fuck named that spice. <laughs> Someone Who got the pa- great. I was gonna grains say. Grains of paradise. It's probably a super old spice. Someone came from the new world and was just like, "Oh, I got the grains of paradise." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, in a true Belgian weird. wheat beer, the Who Garden, which is what I pulled. Who Garden? Did you know this um, is this is? Uh, sorry, I got really excited. I talked really loud. This is one of my first uh, not Keystone beers. Oh, this really is a, this is an OG for you. Yeah. Okay. So I started drinking Blue Moons, and then someone told me Ho Garden is what Blue Moon is trying to be. That's exactly how they phrased it. They're me. they're similar styles. Yeah. Blue Moon is a domestic craft beer. Ho Garden is a beer from Belgium. Yeah. So it's the OG. No, but that's what I think is really funny because <laughs> think about the way they said that to me. Blue Moon is the beer that is is what no. trying to be a Ho Garden. It's trying. Yeah. Or do you say that reverse? Yeah, I said it reverse. Yeah. So you're saying they you're claiming that they were giving credit to Blue Moon and saying that Who Garden was trying to copy them. No, 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 no. The opposite. They were they were saying that Blue Moon is trying to be a Ho Garden. Yeah, yeah. It's domestic it's, it's, version yeah, of a It's drawing. Garden. It's the same style and it's drawing all of its. But a poor man's version. Creative <laughs> juices. I don't know. Actually, we should we could I should have brought a Blue Moon, but uh, I drank a lot of that when I was younger and I don't really want to go back to it. Yeah. Um, so it. what you're looking for in a Belgian wheat, and I actually had this Hugh Garden the other day just to see if I would like it as much as when I first had it, and I think this beer is absolutely delightful. Um, you're looking for a sort of mild sweetness, a flower-like wheat note. Now, mm. not like flowers that grow outside, like f- baking flour is what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, because you use unmalted wheat. And then it has subtle spiciness, right? And Belgians, though, use very, very, very little amount of spice. They actually call our wheat beers coriander soup. Yeah. It's the same premise as like yeast giving you all the flavors you need and you not having to actually add those flavors that equal what you're looking for. Yeah. You're just learning how to coax that out of the yeast. Yeah. I don't, right. I, I would imagine, I don't, I don't want to actually add coriander to my Correct. Belgian wheat. If I, I do make a Belgian wheat. Do I? No, I make a Belgian pale ale. I've made you a wheat. make an yeah, American I do that. wheat. Yeah, I do make an American wheat, a really good one too. Right. Um, which is cleaner than a Belgian. Yeah. Um so the exercise is supposed to be you were supposed to find the banana in the German. Which and I'll I didn't. get I'll get you a wine, Stefan. I'll get you a wine, Stefan. Right, we'll have to have a It'll be very, it literally tastes like a runt's banana candy. So the goal was to stop me from using a banana a banana as a descriptor to describe a hoe garden, which is funny because we're gonna drink this hoe garden like right now. Yeah. And I'm gonna think it tastes like bananas. Okay, well, after I told you what they put in it, I want you to smell this. You uh, you requested that I By bring this. you food food things. I want you to smell this cilantro that I have for you. What is the uh, cilantro? Is the Spanish word? Isn't there a uh, coyantro Coyant- or whatever? That's coriander. that's not the same thing. Coriander. Oh, no, coriander, coriander are the, the seeds seed of that a cilantro. cilantro. That is why this is the whole exercise is fucking the point. Not this fucking smells, the point. This smells like a the taco. The point is <laughs> they use coriander seeds in a German wheat beer. Coriander seeds are what cilantro grows up to be. 
So that was cilantro. Okay, yeah. Um, cilantro. Um, what, okay, yeah, you whatever. said it backwards. Okay. I fucked you up now. Um, this smells like what I put on a taco. I'm doing the the the, the hound sniff. Right. It smells. It smells like, uh, like a mojito. Okay, so let's pour some in the Who Garden. Okay. So I'm supposed to snort this this. Uh, Cilantro. No, I want I want to do the same exercise we did last week. I want you to describe that beer to me with all the categories that we did last week. All so right. look. we got like a two SRM. It's really really um, it's hazy. It's opaque. Uh, two SRM for those who don't know is kind of like straw. Um, it's got good head retention. Looks like it's very well carbonated. Um, so compared I, to the German, it's a lot lighter. Um, it's a lot lighter. Yeah, right. the German one's a little more honey colored. And the German um, one is for them. They would probably say this is unfiltered, uh, but it's it's pretty clear. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, hound sniff. Sniff. Yeah. So what does that beer smell like bananas. to you? <laughs> does it honestly smell like bananas yes. to you? Oh wait, hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm it smells like peppers and bananas, like not. Apples and bananas, peppers and bananas. I'm dead ass. It smells like bananas to me. Okay. What What do you think I'm mistaking the bananas for? I think that's my counter question to you. What am I like? What am I? Is that just yeast? I just smell yeast. Yeah, it's the yeast. So like when I, no, I give, I'll give you a firm example of why I think I understand what you're talking about. When I first start fer- fermenting a beer. And it starts kicking off in the fermenter and you open the fermenter to check on it. You get this big whiff of smell. And uh, no matter what strain of yeast I use, that whiff is always the same. But that I think the yeasty smell is just bananas. All right. So, so maybe I, I just get a large smell amount. smell a banana. Honestly, like go smell a banana. Okay. And then smell the cilantro. What if I snort them both at the same? Uh, I smell them d- separately. No, you have smell to do it separately. It, That's the entire point of the okay, exercise. Okay, hold on. Go smell a banana. That's totally untrue. That's totally untrue. Yeah, so smell a banana. Okay, I'm smelling it. Describe that banana. Describe what a banana smells like. Oh man, dude, like that's like just des- describing the color blue to somebody. Not at all. Just looks blue. Not at all. I don't. It smells like uh, creamy and tropical. Oh sure, creamy. I don't know why a texture comes to mind, but it does because that's smooth and compared to the cilantro, it's just got a pungent. Like cilantro is like earthier and sharp. Um, okay. I don't know about earthier. It definitely has its own s- unique smell to it, cilantro as well. And it does smell like peppery, like prickles my nose. Which which is the same thing that a wheat beer does. Okay. It does prickle my nose, but it also, I don't, uh, again, I think, I think when, when I should call it out now, I shouldn't say it smells like bananas. I should say it smells, it reeks of yeast. And then you won't be as mad. I will say when I when I sip the Ho Garden, 
now that I just snorted bananas a lot, all I taste is pepper. So you don't get banana. I don't. I get. So let me also be clear. When I drink a hoe garden, now, like, I smell notice. bananas, but I don't taste bananas. Oh, so what do you taste in a hoe garden? Peppers, like what you put in a ham. The peppercorns. Clove. Yeah, what you said. Clove is. Spice. I thought they stick peppercorns in a ham. I don't know. I never made a ham. A peppercorn is a peppercorn, a circle, I a little tiny circle that you grind up in a pepper grinder. No, 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 but no, no. Black no. pepper what's the, is What's also the thing that you with that has the little stalks on it, and you poke it like a porcupine on a ham? Those are peppercorns. Clove. Oh, cloves. Those are cloves. Okay. And they have a very like woody, highly spicy, earthy, herbal, um, smoky. There's they're very very elaborately. The flavor is so intricate. It's like burnt cinnamon. Yeah, and then completely different is black pepper. See, maybe that's why I'm bad because I I need to reference it to something. Even when I just described it now, I I compared it to something that also has a distinct smell and taste. I said burnt cinnamon. And like I can't describe cinnamon to you the same way I can't really describe a banana to you. That's hard. Cinnamon is warm and... um, can I make a request? Yeah. Um, can we do a session where we just look at adjectives to describe? Because I I feel like again, if we're gonna talk about it like like art or like p- painting is a better way, but like I I don't have anything on my palette. Like I have no colors to work with here. So when I'm describing stuff, I'm I'm left to this really basic. I can say like black, white, beige, gray, and fucking. So mm-hmm. you have to think about the last time you ate cinnamon. Then when was the last time you ate cinnamon? By itself, never. No, no, no one put eats it on the spoons top of, of cinnamon by themselves. I did a challenge once where I tried to put a spoon of cinnamon in my mouth and then whistle when I was in like Cub Scouts. Do you have cinnamon here? Uh, yeah, there's cinnamon present. So again. Go smell it next time. But that's what... So I made this joke the other day. I basically have to start snorting a bunch of shit is what you're telling me. But that... Yeah, cook more. And you don't. And you don't give a right, shit. Right, but I so don't So you're never going to get better at being able to expand your vocabulary if you don't have things to pull in and use to describe other right, things. Right, but when you pull in specific things, this is where my argument is, is being rooted, is that like... If you ask me to like describe cilantro, I find that difficult because cilantro has such a unique smell to me. Same way bananas do. So the only way if I were actually to meet a human being that didn't ever smell, taste, or see bananas or cilantro, ask me to describe it to them, I would also struggle describing it to them as much as I am with you and you and I both understand the same language and communicate just fine. Like I, I just, it's something that's so unique that I don't understand how to describe it without comparing it to something that y- you might be able to reference it to. Yeah. I guess maybe you just have to think about like the experience of eating that thing then. Y- yeah. And like, but that's what I'm saying. There's a, there's a general pattern to how you break it down. Cause you always talk about like, like when you said banana, you said creamy, like that to me is like a texture thing. Like there's gotta be a basic formula breakdown for describing something to someone that has never experienced the thing that you're describing before. So like texture is one of them, but like the way we were talking about timbre, when we were talking about specific like, uh, instruments, 
uh, having specific sounds that are very unique to them, like a fingerprint. I think smells and tastes also have those things too. Smell and taste, I say them together because they do overlap. Sure. One, you know, taste is very impacted by smell. But like when I bite into a banana and really taste it, there's a unique taste that I get. And the creaminess is the texture of it melting and like molding to my mouth and like sticking around because it's a banana. Like, sure, yeah, yeah. I, but, so but the, I don't really think to describe that taste to you that way. Why would I describe the texture and its lingering components and like how it moves about physically in my mouth when I'm supposed to be telling you how it tastes? Like those don't, you get what I'm saying? Like they don't really register to me as the same thing. They should. Okay. So I just got to throw this shit all out the window and just be like, fuck it. Just describe all the, the, the nuancey shit about it that like, I feel like I'm I'm taking you for a ride because I'm just going to be describing all this. Well, it tastes very yellow and creamy. You can't say and, something tastes and like a color. <laughs> That's conceptual. Yeah. But there are smells and tastes that we've all experienced. Like when I say an attic, you know what I'm talking about? Yep. Musty, old, uh, okay. dust, stale. Like stale is not something you can eat, but it's something that, when I say that, you know what I mean. Like this beer, this Francis Connor is old. Okay, it's got almost no smell. It's all the flavors dropped off. It's uh-huh. got that cardboard off flavor, like wet paper. Like it's just old and bad. So it's not a good example. If I had picked a fresh wine, Stefan, you would be able to taste it and be like, "Damn, this fucking beer absolutely tastes like bananas." Right. So it's not so much I'm trying to get you to describe a banana. I'm trying to get you to... To put two and two together. Yeah, describe these two beers and what makes them different. Mm -hmm. Because there are very big differences in these beers. Even though they're the same style, they're just from different places. Yeah, I think we need to do a a wheat beer reprise at some point. And uh, do a wine stefan. Yeah. Sounds good. Just, I mean, the next time you go see a German wheat beer, try it. Yeah, I mean, I do. I like. You don't try. I like enough these stuff. styles. You don't smell enough stuff. You okay, don't eat here's a stuff. better. And let's let's fucking smash that real quick. Where Educate do I yourself. go? Where do I go in New York City right now to get this beer? Hogarden, you don't even have to answer that question. I know exactly Wine's where in the city. Yeah, where the fuck do I go to in the city to get that? Uh, like any grocery store. Grocery store. So yeah. I have to know grocery going store. to seek it. That's what I'm saying. Like I can't go like to a bottle bar. shop. Can I go to a bar right now in New York yeah, City and drink this? Yeah, you can go this? to a German bar. I have to go to like a German beer hall in the city. That's uh, assuming that they might I have I mean, it. if you go to a German beer hall, you can be sure they're going to have a German wheat beer. Okay. I, you can, you There's can, a lot of Hofbrau houses in the city now. Yeah, Hofbrau, Weissen. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, that's a good one to try. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm telling you for sure fireplaces. You can also go on the internet and go to beer menus and type in the name of the beer and find out where it is. Well, the, so here's why <laughs> I ask, because I don't think if I walk into an average bar in New York City, you know, I'm, I am I work around Washington Square Park. There's a couple of uh, craft bars that I can think of. Not a single one of them would have this beer on tap. This isn't a craft beer. I know German it's not. It's an import. It's an, uh, yeah, Germany. it's an import. No, I get it. But like <laughs> what I'm saying, like a craft when <laughs> I set myself up there, uh, a craft beer bar in New York City is going to carry not uh, macro shit, which I know that this is technically even still a macro thing in Germany. But, 
Yeah, but I'm saying like they, they, they have more eclectic lists. It's not just going to be fucking Bud Light, Bud Heineken, Coors, and fucking uh, Brooklyn Brewery. Like it's going to be more eccentric shit. I don't know. I, I don't think this is easily accessible in the city, and I argue that as that's why I don't have much experience with it because I don't have much exposure to it. And when I do go to you a German... You went to Germany. I did. I went to <laughs> Munich. And I drank Hofbrau. Oh, so you only went to Munich. I went to Munich. That was it. But you didn't try one German wheat beer when you were there? Uh, Yeah, I definitely did. Okay. I had a huge one at... Uh, I Because they come in those big ass fucking... Have you also been to Belgium? Weird glasses. No. Okay. Never been to so Belgium. So then maybe you should go to Belgium and yeah. taste the wheat beers there. I really need to go to Belgium. This is the quintessential Belgian wheat beers. That's I honest. And a lot of craft wheat beers, craft American wheat beers, are based on the Belgian style. Yeah, I can say so too German. that again. Hogarden was a beer that I drank for a really, really long time. I really enjoy. Belgium. The high carbonation keeps it super refreshing. You get like a very tiny lingering of that cilantro. I can close my eyes and I feel like I'm eating a leaf of cilantro on that finish on that beer. And it's not in an aggressive way. It's just a very like fresh, lightly herbal, yeah, like tickle my tongue, kind of something green. So see, now I'm really upset because I feel like you're ruining this beer for me because I did not taste cilantro in it before. I tasted bananas. And I'm now scared that I'm not going to taste bananas anymore and I'm not going to describe you it that way. which shouldn't taste bananas, <laughs> so I enlightened you today. <laughs> no, you're... This is like that thing the other day with fucking music. You ruined it for me. No. Bananas forever. Do you like bananas? I do like bananas in my cereal, but Good I don't really eat them by themselves. Huh. I'm not big on it. You like bananas like, in your cereal. I like Cheerios, like plain Cheerios. Yeah, sure. That sounds great. Yeah, it's the only I like time I granola. like strawberries really too. Really That's like a good way to eat it because the greens in your granola or your cereal simulate uh, malted barley. So the Are you flavors saying I'm, I'm eating every morning beer? I'm trying uh, to simulate beer? Honestly, if you drank a German wheat beer and then you thought about eating that bowl of cereal with bananas, you would probably find a lot of draw a lot of mental similarities between those but two. But you just said you want me to stop associating bananas with my uh <laughs> with my Oh, you're saying with my German ones I can do that. Not with my Belgian ones. Maybe what I really need to do and what really needs to happen is that next uh tomorrow when I wake up I need to take one of these beers each uh, and have a bowl of cereal with a Ho Garden, and have a bowl of cereal with the the German wheat beer. See what happens. I think you're also like looking for like literal things, and it's like not that way. It's easier to describe <laughs> it that way to me because if I say that to you, if I say it tastes like bananas, you immediately know what it t- like what that tastes like. But that's like a, it's a flavor that we're looking to use uh, associatively. Right. Again, you can, I can still describe like cilantro in a more broad way. Like it's <laughs> herbal, it's spicy, it's like a little bit like, uh, you, know, you can kind of like describe it a little bit outside of what it being, but cilantro itself is still very unique. I, and that's I, why you say something in a beer tastes like cilantro. That's your base. I understand why you'd want to do that too in the same way that light struck became the, the descriptor for Americans trying to say that a beer is skunked. 
you tell me this all the time. It's one of my favorite beer facts that you taught me is that like you can't say a beer is skunk to someone in the UK because they don't have skunks, so they don't know what that is. So even using that ideology, obviously that is the backwards way of doing something. Like you're trying to use something that only exists in your in your frame of reference to somebody who has no idea what that is and that's why it doesn't work. But isn't that the reason why people describe things the way that I do in that more basic way is because it's easier to identify and it's faster. Like, but that's like the base. We're talking about the ground level. Like you're talking, you, your vocabulary is at like a three-year-old's for yeah. beer. Like I'm a teenager at least. Okay. Like, so if you want to be able to like get past that level, you know, and stop saying everything is yellow, then you can say something is straw. Then you can say something is golden. Then you can say something is Robin's egg. Like, y- y- there, Robin's there are there egg. are levels of which like What's Robin's egg color. I don't know. Oh, it's Robin's like a super, egg, super, like a bird's egg. A Robin's egg is actually blue, so I fucked that up. But like, a, <laughs> like an ostrich egg or like an egg is sometimes like a super pale yellow, almost white. Right? A Robin's egg is blue. That's crazy. Oh, God, this is not going well. I'm feeling really <laughs> discouraged right now. Hey, um, there's that saying, Rome wasn't built in a day. The kid's palette definitely wasn't built in three podcast episodes. Yeah, I just like, I feel like you're making me feel stupid because like what I'm trying to teach you, you're like just trying to fight me on. It's not that I'm trying to fight you on it. It's that I'm literally lost for words. I, I don't know. And that's why I said if we could do an episode where you give me like, you know, it's like when you w- learn a, lo- a new language, it's probably more natural to acquire it over time just as you're slowly exposed to it. But the way we kind of circumvent that and speed it up is that we just throw vocabulary at people and see what sticks. And what generally sticks is the descriptors that they use the most. So maybe where we have to go with this is like looking at the descriptors that are very easy to identify that the the most casual drinker to the most experienced would understand. So again, that's why I think I describe color really well and I can describe head retention and you carbonation. You don't describe it well though. You say SRM and that means nothing to a normal human being. Well, that I always describe that first because I'm coming at it from a homebrew level. Right. You so. say everything is straw. So what's another color for blonde? Uh, can I say it looks like rays of sparkling hay in the summer sunshine (laughs) (laughs) burnt grass like there's a there's like a lot of summer breeze expand your mind You ha- I guess maybe it's just you have to be more descriptive. I don't know, man. Like, yeah, but I was always that guy who was like, D- that dude who wrote The Great Gatsby was an asshole because imagery that complex just loses people. Like, I, th- I think there's a limit. Don't I don't you know. want don't you want to sit down next to somebody and be able to describe a beer and yeah. then have them taste it, a beer that I've never tried, uh-huh. and like be like, man, you nailed that. Like, you nailed every bit of that. Don't yeah. you want that? Yeah, I do. That's why we're doing this. <laughs> so every beer from now on till the end of time, you need to think, what does this beer look like? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what does it smell Straw. like? What does it taste beer. like? What's beer. the finish? Beer. <sighs> okay. So along with along with words that I I should learn to use as descriptors I think we should also create a list of words that I cannot use Jason <laughs> Jason <laughs> words I cannot use the kids most common used 
lame words that he's not allowed to use anymore, like straw. Just don't use basic words. <laughs> I'm trying to make you a non-basic human. Uh, not basic bitch. Not basic bro. I didn't on say the beer. that. Non-basic bro. I'm just give me your hoppiest shit, bro. Expand your. I just want the hoppiest mind shit, and your bro. palate and your vocabulary. Highest ABV. I just want to get fucked up. Is it double digits? I don't know. I want to drink three of these. Get fucking crazy. Yeah, this is like, I don't know, 4%, 5%. This is 4.9%. I'm actually, that's high. I think normal mm. is 4.4, 4. 4.9. So that's actually right. Okay. So even, okay, so there's a place to go, right? When, when you want to get actual parameters of a style of beer, you go to the BJCP guidelines. There's actual guidelines that describe beer. Right. So whenever I've never tried a beer before, that's the first place I go, okay. right? To just get a rough, in my mind, like a very rough sketch of what i expecting from this beer okay then what i typically do what you can do is go online and read reviews <laughs> ah gross okay like that's what's gonna help now yeah that's not yelp lame. like go on beer websites yeah, go on like reputable beer, beer. advocate yeah, yeah. No, go on reputable beer websites don't go on just like beer websites where like idiots are All just right. like saying i shit. hate doing that and i hate doing it for fish as well as, as well as i hate doing it it's, for beer it's research it's doing research but it also to me is like someone telling telling you to watch breaking bad i'm gonna use that analogy a lot because i think that is like my quintessential like someone's like oh you gotta see this it's the greatest thing ever oh my god you gotta watch it and then it impacts how you are going to absorb that content because it sets you know expectations and shit i hate reading reviews about beer because someone's telling me what they think it tastes like and then it's just impacting the way that i'm actually going to taste it i'd rather go in and just figure it out for myself and that's the, like it, it makes so the process try the beer slower first then and then go BJCP then read reviews. Yeah. Don't do that. I'm going to try I'm going to try now that we're doing this for styles per week to look at the BJCP Correct. guidelines uh before we get to to air the episode or to you know, record the episode and I hope may, maybe just doing that will uh Give know. you the rough sketch. It's like it's like drawing a picture or painting a painting. You always have to lay the baseline down. And you just build, 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 build. Yeah, yeah. Until you see a beautiful picture. Yeah, I mean, you do it for making a beer recipe. Yeah, look at brewing classic style. See, I feel like shit. you should be able to describe beer better than anyone because you brew it. Uh, nah. You have exposure to those raw ingredients. I think you have to just start doing the same thing with actual food, and then maybe you'll be there. You'll get there. Man. I get why now being a critic and shit is a job. This is a job. Like, most people are like, oh, that's so much fun. I get to go eat food at places and fucking write about it. I'd be like, that's fucking terrible. I just want to go there, eat it, and be like, this is delicious, and call it a Right, day. right, right. They have to, like, <laughs> be critical of it. Yeah, correct. Yeah. They can't just enjoy it. They have to be critical. Yeah, I don't want a Gatsby shit, man. That's what I'm calling it now. I don't want a Gatsby shit. Do you at least, can you at least tell me the difference now between a German and a wheat? beer kind of because this was not the right example yeah the cool. German was uh, old. Let's, let's next week besides having a cocktail recipe made a fish right. centric cocktail recipe to bring to the table okay we can do some blind tasting okay that's real real that's some real shit it. yeah because yeah. that's what you need to do for certified caesar own all right i like where Man, you're at. yeah this is great and i'm excited for next episode okay cool well, uh, what, so are we, what are we going out on? I don't know. 
what should we go out on? You and I disagree on fish songs like to the max. Yeah. Yeah, we do. I love Rogue. Actually, you know what? Fuck you. Again, we played Walls of the Cave, so now we're doing Running o- Runaway Jim. Yeah, okay. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Gotta Jabru. I am the Lizza. And I am the Kid. We will see you next time.